Today's episode of JNR Basketball Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play your fantasy sports. Fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey, fantasy baseball, all available on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft your fantasy dream team in a matter of minutes. Sign up now with promo code JNR and we'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. Deposit 100, get 100 free. With the slick mobile app and user-friendly website, you'll have no problem jumping in and drafting your squad. Underdog Fantasy with promo code JNR. Sign up today. Check out the podcast description for the link. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the JNR Basketball Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Ronnie, and we're going to be talking basketball. We're going to go into the things I wish I knew about fantasy basketball because there's a lot different than what we expected. I think our expectations were here, and reality ended up being over here. And I know we've exchanged some frustrated texts over that time. Uh, Ronnie, my co-host, joining me as always. Ronnie, how's it going in fantasy basketball this year? Horrible. I hate it. I was doing so good, but I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Mainly because I'm losing. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's life in the fantasy world but i was i was out thinking and having played a lot of fantasy basketball this was the first year we played fantasy having played fantasy football this is the first year that we played fantasy basketball and i was just sort of lamenting on things and man i wish i knew this or i wish i knew that and i was like you know what let's make it the subject of our podcast because i do think Fantasy football is a lot easier. It's a lot more approachable for new players. So if you are new to fantasy basketball or you're thinking about joining fantasy basketball, there are some things that you should be aware of because it might help you whether if you decide to play or it might help you be like, you know what? It's not for me. I'm not going to do it. And it sounds like that's the camp that you're in, Ronnie. Are you done with fantasy basketball after this? I, so here's what kills me is that we have this one guy who is just amazing at it. Like every time a really good player is dropped, he he gets them. And I don't understand how he could stay on top of things so much. But so yes, that's pretty number much, two on our list. So don't jump the shark. Ryan. Sorry. We're going to get there. I'm just venting already. I'm Yeah, but yeah. it's just frustrating <laughs> because like you, I, I played this guy who's first in the league. I'm like, you know what? If I can't beat him, then nobody's going to beat him because I traded all of my crappy-ish players for like players who just were playing. So that way I could like add up all these points and beat him and I still couldn't do it. And yeah, whatever. He's stupid. I'm done. <laughs> wow. Strong no point. words. So let's go through our list because I believe there is a point. I, I have enjoyed it. I've certainly been frustrated like you, but I think the biggest thing that you should be aware of is types of leagues. And we talked about this in our Fantasy 101 podcast, but I didn't realize how much affects your enjoyment of fantasy basketball so in fantasy football you you're a points league right you you get the player that you think is going to score the most points you try to draft them you try to pick them up you try to start them week to week and that is one of the types of leagues and this is pretty straightforward right you get a point for rebounds assists steals blocks turnover you lose points for turnovers just like you do for interceptions or fumbles and and for points so it's pretty straightforward pretty easy you typically do a a weekly matchup one versus one you know i think i played you last week in our matchup and you know whichever team scores the most points whichever are our players that we put in 
that's cumulative points total. That determines who the winner is. That one is pretty straightforward. I feel like, and I know you've, you're in a couple leagues in basketball. I feel like the points league is the easiest to get started in. If you're familiar with fantasy ba- football, Ronnie, would you agree with that? Yeah, most likely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The second one is known as categories. Sometimes it's referred to as rotisserie. And this is where you're, there's nine standard categories, rebounds, points, assists, steals, turnovers, field goal percentage, three throw percentage, uh, maybe a few ones I'm missing there. Three points made sometimes is one as well. And you're trying to pick players that will perform well in those categories. It sounds difficult and it kind of is, but further breakdown from that, there's two different formats. You could have the week to week where just like just like in fantasy football, you're going against an opponent. That's your opponent for this week. Or you can have a season-long cumulative total. So week to week, your ranking changes, but you're not going against a particular opponent any any given week. You're just going against the league. You're trying to get as many points as possible, and those points are based off of how you do in those categories. This one is really difficult to kind of wrap your brain around when you first get started in this, especially since there's nothing like this in fantasy football and I did a lot of research before I did my draft and came to the conclusion is that you have to punt on some categories. Punt means I don't care about these categories. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on, you know, nine, if you're focusing, if there's nine categories, you want to hit five of them as hard as you can. And who cares about the other four? Because five out of four ain't bad. That's going to get you towards the top of the standings. And that one is, is I, I, Looking at my team, I wish I made different choices. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same way in your categories, League. Yeah, my choices are more based off of just kind of injuries, I guess. Or maybe maybe picking players that were playing on the floor more than just kind of... So I guess the, this is the, in categories. The problem that I had was I would drop players who you know, were, were playing a lot of minutes and scoring a lot of points, but they weren't doing well in other categories. Like their shooting percentage really dropped down like my entire categories, you know, it would drop down that category, like other certain things like turnovers or so I would drop like players that had a bad week for like someone who is maybe like a backup player or like a bench player who didn't score much, but they, they had excellent percentage because they maybe made five out of the five shots. They made all of their three pointers. So they got a hundred percent out of like the two three pointers that they shot, you know, and it's killing me in the long run because I don't I don't understand how it was working for me, but all of a sudden it's not working for me. And I feel like I just should have kept players that were had more yeah, of a chance I, to collect all of the stats rather than just I don't know, oh, some important. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of different strategies to be considered. Yeah. And I think it's good to to have I'm I'm glad that I did a categories league this year because I think it'll help me next year when I when I inevitably do another one. But it is so unlike anything else that I've participated in before. Now, maybe it's similar to fantasy bas- uh, baseball. I haven't done fantasy baseball. So maybe people that do that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what they're talking about. That's just like, you know, innings pitched and strikeouts and all that stuff. Great. This is this is, this will translate really easily. But coming from a fantasy football background, it's insane. It's hard to get grasped initially. And I definitely realized the error of my ways. So the the, the lesson, I guess, is or the takeaway from this one is with the types of leagues is find the league that best suits your experience level and what you enjoy doing. So if you're coming from fantasy football and you like the points aspect, pick a points league. If you're coming from fantasy baseball and they have those categories there, then then pick a categories league. 
And from from there, you know, I, I think you have a better chance of being happy and successful. I'm more happy in our points league than I am in my categories league because of that. Yeah. I think one so thing that, hit- yeah, I, I want to go over something that I, I was yeah, yeah. something that um, I thought of in a categories league that I wish I knew of beforehand. And um, that was just, so in, in the categories league, let me know if this is the same as yours, because I just joined like a Yahoo group where it's just like everything's standard, right? Everything is just default settings. So in my league, it only allows you to do four ads per week. Is that the same as yours? That's correct. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, so, you can change. So, so I wish I would have known that, that sooner, and I wish I yeah, would have utilized great. it a little differently because, like for example, like I have Hayes on Detroit who punched a guy in the back of the head, and now he's suspended for <laughs> three or four games. Three and games, yeah. I use my four drops already, like early in the week, you know, and then he gets suspended, and I can't drop him, I can't move him because I'm done with my my I, I used all of them, so. I guess I just kind of would have learned to maybe keep one one of those drops available in case something happened like a suspension on one of my key players. So, yeah, that's okay. something that would have helped me just so knowing we'll call that how to use a, that better. Being, yeah, 1A is being familiar with your league settings and knowing the rules, uh, what your drop ad rules are. We have uh, in one of my categories, in my categories, like I should say, we have money that we have to pay. Each week it gets replenished. So you can outbid somebody else for a pickup. You, you put almost like an eBay thing and that could severely limit what you're able to pick up or not pick up to, to how much are they worth to you? And you basically have to do that. So there's definitely a lot of different rules. Be familiar with the rules, understand the rules. And if you don't understand them, join a different league or, or do some research to find out what it is because it could directly impact your ability to win. Number two, you already alluded to this one a little bit, the frequency of pickups. Now, from fantasy football perspective, the games are played Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Typically, waiver wire window opens up Tuesday, and then they're normally assigned Wednesday. And that's it. Once a week. You know, after Wednesday, everyone's a free agent. And then typically, depending on the league again, you know, you're locked out starting Sunday. You can't add any free agents until the next waiver wire. And it just makes it predictable and easy to know okay it's tuesday night i need to go and look at who i might want to add so i can get my waiver claims submitted with fantasy basketball because there's games almost every night of the week very rarely is there a night off actually you have to constantly be on that to see who's available who got dropped when did their waiver claim expire and waivers are processed much more frequently so you can't kind of slack like you can in fantasy football and only look at it once a week. You have to be proactive and constantly checking that waiver wire to see, you know, when to put those claims in. And it's exhausting. Yep. And how do you keep track of players like that one guy in our league, you know, who just someone will drop some like amazing player for, I don't know, whatever. Like they just, they just get sick of that player. Maybe they, that player got hurt, but, and it says they're out indefinitely. So they're dropped. They don't necessarily know that indefinitely could only mean like two weeks. And then like, then he gets picked up immediately by the person that's keeping an eye on, on the waiver wire, the hardest, you know, well, the, that's, the most that's closest. what he's doing. Yeah. He's keeping yeah. an eye on the waiver wire. And he built and a super team because he did that. that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, congratulations to him, right? He's, right? he's clearly played this type of fantasy basketball for So he knows that you have to keep your finger on the pulse Otherwise, you're going to miss out on opportunities. And uh, he's just been taking advantage of us, us suckers that have not been doing that. And, you know, kudos to him for that. But, geez, it's exhausting. 
Yeah. Yeah, to stay on top of that every single night, it's tough. Yeah, and that sort of leads us directly into number three. The amount of work that you have to do to manage your roster, to manage your team. You're making changes daily because, you know, they play today, they don't play tomorrow, but then they play the next day. But this guy plays on that day, so you have to constantly be shuffling your roster around, making sure that you can get the most players active onto the court and hope that when you do have, you know, too many players that you're not putting the wrong one on the bench. That that exists in fantasy football as well. But not having to make the daily changes is 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 a, a huge plus to fantasy football, right? You set your roster before the Thursday night games and you're basically done for the week. You don't have to do anything else. You're making daily changes in basketball. And God forbid if you forget to update it and you have who, – who's on your bench tonight, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go over these players that I forgot to update, right? <laughs> okay, so tonight I had Plumlee on the bench. He had scored just 42 fantasy points. I had Brunson on the bench, 32. Oh, and I, for some reason I had Kevin Durant on the bench because, you know, I'm smart. So 46 fantasy points right there, all on the bench for me. Yeah. That's why I started my week this week on Monday. Because you, they probably didn't have a game yesterday, so you had them on your bench to put players that had games to play, and then yep. you didn't come back and update it. And exactly. And it just... It, it burns you. It, it really is frustrating. So that keeping up with that, that's a lot of work. The sudden inactives is what absolutely kills me. And this is one of your, was one of your tips on a earlier podcast is don't play the guys that are load management guys, because you never know when they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, they're not playing today. So you have all of these game time decisions. You have all of these healthy scratches and yeah, I could be eating dinner and all of a sudden I get the notification. So-and-so is out tonight. It's like, oh, crap. Well, I can't pick anybody up because everybody's on the waiver wire. So yep. can I finagle it around or am I, just, am I just stuck with it? So it's so much work to keep track of just your own players. You know, we talked about number two, the frequency of pickups. Even your own players are – your status is so unknown and it changes so quickly. I had a guy that went from healthy to game time decision to out to game time decision, to starting, all within like a four-hour period. I'm just like, this is absurd. I don't even know. You know, there's two updates coming in at once. I don't know which one's the most accurate. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating and difficult. Have you run into that where you have him on your, like he's on your team, the game starts, and then they're like, oh, by the way, this guy's out. Oh, then I get it. Oh, by the way, way, he's out. I probably should have told you half an hour ago, but you know what? Yep. You can can have this information now. The surprise outs. So frustrating. And again, the difference between fantasy football, what time do games start on Sunday? Well, in Arizona, 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock. And then the time zone changes and it's 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock. What time do the NBA games start? All freaking day. They come out at (laughs) random times and it's it's, it's constant. So, you know, in fantasy football, I'm used to checking my inactives half an hour before the first set of games, half an hour before the second set of games. And that's it. And they don't change. And... It's it's a lot easier to do that. So it's a lot of work. I think next year I'm going to join a best ball league where you just pick your best players for the week. You put them in and they're it's going to take their best game of the week and say, hey, here's your score. So I like that it makes thought. it a yeah. little bit easier. It reduces the work to manage. That's something I wish I would have known. I probably would have signed up for a league like that and, and at least had a little less stress. Probably not much more success. But it would have been more similar to fantasy football, and I think it would have been a better transition from going from football to basketball from a fan. And, uh, yeah, then you just have to fantasy. make sure you have Luca and Mitchell and maybe Anthony yeah. Davis too. 
Yeah, maybe. But not not this last month, but yeah. Okay. Number four, and number four isn't unique to fantasy basketball, but that's just the amount of quitters. You know, you're always going to have people, especially if you join uh, like a Yahoo Public League or or sort of a, an open league, you're going to have people that participate in the draft and that's it. Or you're going to have people that, you know, quit halfway through the season because they're losing. That tends to go away when you attach a monetary value to it because now they're invested in that sense. But it's it's just been – both of my leagues, I would say 50% of the people have quit and we're not even at the halfway point. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot. I thought I got a lot more people quit like after the fourth week. You know, they they wanted to yeah. give it a try. They wanted to see how fantasy basketball worked. And like they immediately didn't like it. And so they're just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yep, I'm done. So you always have to deal with that. So I would say if you can get a group of people together that have played it and play it year after year, get in with that group. You might get your butt kicked, but at least, you know, you're, you're, you're losing honorably instead of winning dishonorably. Yeah. And that's tough to do, especially like if you've never played before and you're, I mean, yeah. that's exactly what I did. You know, like I have a group of people that get together that like wanted to give it a try. They wanted to see if they liked it. But if you're like, how are you supposed to see if you like it if you never played it before? And you, it's hard to get like a, a lot of people to commit to play the whole entire year. That's what I'm trying to get at, you know? Like, yes, absolutely. Just, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's tough to do, but you just got to kind of like take those players and maybe combine the people that actually tried that year into like another group that somebody else knows about. and have like a super group you know that of people that actually yeah. like and, playing and you it. might have to do that you might have to sort of merge those together as 50 yeah. from this league and 50 percent from that league drop okay next season right. let's let's keep the people that stuck around and, and build build a better a better league and hopefully get everybody to stick around or yeah. in my fantasy football league uh you have to pay 100 bucks at the start of every yeah. season so that you know that keeps me invested to say yeah i i, I have a chance to win a lot of money here so let yep. me let me stay interested and monitor some of that stuff now you could do that in fantasy basketball as well with the right group of people right if 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 at the start of the season my first season says hey it's going to be a hundred dollars i'd be like yeah you can go to hell i'm not paying that <laughs> so number four the amount of quitters it, it shocked me and it shouldn't have because like i said it's not unique to fantasy football but because of the amount of work and because of the all the extra stuff that you have to do in fantasy basketball it's it seems to be a lot more prevalent at least in my opinion yeah Absolutely. I agree. The last one that I wanted to talk about, and this one for me is probably the most frustrating, is the inconsistent games per week per team. So again, in the NFL, every team plays one game a week or they don't, right? If they're on a bye week, they don't play, but that's that's easy to look up and, and easy to kind of prepare for. In the NBA, you have teams that are playing five games a week, potentially. You have teams that are playing two or three games a week potentially. So trying to balance that out and look ahead on your roster, it's even more work if you're if you're able to do it. But it's not like you're gonna drop Kevin Durant because he's only playing two games this week. Right? You can't do that. So you have to you have to stash him on your bench and just be short on those games. So the inconsistency of that is just maddening. There'll be times where I, I literally the the best player, the best team that I can play has maybe 33 people playing for the week and the opponent I'm going against has some of those guys that are playing five games that week. So yeah. he's like 38 to nine or 38 to 40 players going. And she's like, well, that's, that's going to be impossible to overcome no matter how well my guys do. He has a s extra seven players. So that makes it really, really difficult. Again, a best ball league would solve that problem, but the way that our league set up, 
you know, the problem exists and man, oh man, does it bug me. I, I would love to change our league right now to that, you know, cause I love that idea. So that's, that's part of what I was making the change to our league for, because I didn't want people to like drop, drop players and just like have more games than another person, you know, to, like towards the end of the weekend, you know, if they're down and they, they see that there's players available to play. So, but they only have three games left, you know, then they change, they drop some players and then they have six, six games left. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, did you see that I tried beating you like that too, but you still beat me because your team's pretty good? Yeah, my team's pretty good. I saw what you did, but I wasn't worried. Yeah. I had, uh, Joel Embiid has just been a fantasy dream right. this year. Yeah, yours is so, just way yeah, too I, hard to beat. But it's tough because it's, I'm playing against somebody this week that's not really playing, so I think they only have like nine players, <laughs> half yeah. their team's injured. But it's, it's, it is frustrating to see when you see that, you know, 37 versus 33, and it's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to overcome that. Just so everybody knows, me and Jonathan played each other, and I scored eight hundred forty three points. His team scored nine hundred forty points. So good job, Jonathan. Thank you. That was a Defeated. proud victory. Now we talk about how, you, or you talked about how you sometimes don't update your roster just to make give that sense of uh, warm and fuzzy. I thought you did that at the start, but then at one point you went up just updated your roster the rest of the way because I was projected to beat you by like four hundred points at one point. Yes. I was like, "Old oh, Ronnie doing the old Ronnie trick. Not <laughs> That's gonna exactly work on what I was me, doing. sucker." Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I told you about no. it. Yeah, <laughs> I had all of my. I, I emptied up my whole entire team pretty much like almost every day, you know. And <laughs> I just was doing that daily. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the top five things that that we came up with. Is you know, I wish I knew about that. So again, types of leagues. There's multiple types of leagues, not just you know PPR. Like you have regular PPR in, in football. A lot more options a lot more ways to really kind of get yourself in trouble the frequency of pickups is fast and furious you have to stay on top of it the amount of work to manage your roster is so much more mm-hmm. the amount of quitters probably not i'd be interested to see if there's a stat that shows what that is but it's it's been frustrating this season to you know go against play for people that aren't really playing uh, and the inconsistent games per week which again makes it really really hard to manage your team when that's just drastically different from week to week. So those are the top five I had. If you guys have any any suggestions, any tips of things that you wish you knew before you started playing fantasy basketball, reach out to, reach out to us on the JNR fan line or on our social medias. We'd love to hear what lessons you've learned the hard way. And if there's a story behind it, we'd love to hear that as well. Uh, because sometimes the best way to learn is by completely doing everything wrong. And that's actually a way that I learn pretty well yeah i like that best ball one i i let's do that next year that's probably the best advice yeah, that let's do it the best uh, recommendation that i that you gave out of all this i, I like that one I, I just think it's a little less intimidating yeah for, for people coming in absolutely ronnie we had the celtics and the nuggets play each other last night yeah the what battle happened? of the first team in the east and the first team of the west i think that's really cool when that works out that way cool obviously that could be an nba finals preview how do you know they're both first that's interesting yeah both <laughs> i guess things change so fast in this league you know it, yeah it, it really it, it can yeah i mean the suns were second i think at the start of december and now they're mm-hmm. seventh yeah but uh, in seventh. this game robert williams had a dunk that bent the rim it was no longer level so they had to stop the game for about 40 minutes to nice. fix it did they bring in a new hoop or did they just fix the old one they had multiple technicians with multiple ladders 
making adjustments. So it wasn't the rim itself that was tilted. It was like the whole, like the, the rim bracket where it connects to the backboard that oh, was okay. tilted. So they just had to make those adjustments. The funniest part was the Nuggets mascot came out with his like his little step ladder and was looking <laughs> at it as well, trying to pro- trying to provide a hand if they needed it. But yeah, they they said they're fine. Without I miss him. the days so when that... the backboards would actually break. Can they make the backboards like less stiff or whatever? Like, what do they do to make that change? Where now the rim is bending, but the backboard's still staying intact. You know, I miss the glass falling on players. I miss it on no, NBA Jam. But, like you could make the That's... glass break every game. You know. <laughs> I think it's better to have the rim. I mean, the, how often have you seen the rim get bent? Right? It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Not that it, not that the glass broke very often either, but from a safety perspective, it seems like randomly having a backboard sh- rain down glass on everybody would be a I little I wonder how much it does happen risk. compared to glass because I did see a Suns game where Jock Landale, he bent the rim a little bit and it they, it didn't take as long. It took maybe like five or ten minutes to fix it, but it was like just crooked a little bit you know not too much either you know but uh yeah i wonder how much that off how often that does happen compared to the backboards yeah i i I am not aware i don't know if anyone even keeps track of that stat right that seems like it's it's probably as often as that you know you ever seen like a free throw shot you know where the ball gets stuck right at the back of the rim yeah yeah yeah, not like between the backboard (laughs) but it just like balances perfect right on that right on that little platform square yeah yeah, I've seen that a yeah, couple times in my life. We used to try to do that when we would play basketball as kids to try to get it stuck, either stuck there or like you throw it hard enough that it gets wedged between the backboard and the rim. Yeah, exactly. And then you could and get that, tall enough where you could actually like throw it up there, you know? Or like, yeah. Well, I can't. I I jump like a <laughs> like a tree. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't jump very high. <laughs> That's no, I okay. Don't. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for tonight, Ronnie. Any other stories that you want to share? Any basketball news? Boy, you know, uh, I thought I did, but I don't think so anymore. No, I, I think I'm good. I think we pretty much covered it. This it doesn't seem like there's much happening in the league other than the Suns are crappy all of a sudden. They're 14th overall in the <laughs> league. That's just just want to point that out. You know what happened to my Suns? First in the league there's to a start lot, the season. There's a lot happening another, in the league. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it just updated, so somebody must have lost or won because now they're 13th in the yeah. league overall. So. They bumped up a little bit. All right, we're doing it. <laughs> but yeah, um, just uh, things, I guess I guess I have a question for you. Yeah. So we we've seen a lot of these big games. There was a couple nights ago where five players had forty plus points. You know, tonight. Uh, Wait, Donovan how many Mitchell points? Five players that five had forty players? or more points. Yeah. Oh, 30. That's crazy. No, forty. Forty or more points. Forty. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Tonight. You know, Donovan Mitchell had 71. LeBron had 40-something tonight as well. He How had, about him at had, 37 years old? Uh, 38. He's 38. He had oh, my birthday. God. He's ridiculous. He's, he's uh, let's see. He had 43 tonight in the victory over the Hornets. Do you think, is it, as a fan, is it more enjoyable when players have those big games or more enjoyable when you watch like a Spurs game where you're going to have multiple players and double digits and maybe two players and tw- with 20 plus points. What's a better fan experience? Well, I, I'm unfortunately going to have to say that one player who scores higher. I don't, I don't like saying that for some reason, but it does make it a little bit more exciting. Like I remember I went to that Suns game versus Lakers. And even though, you know, the big players weren't playing, the big deal for me was seeing Schroeder. No, nope, I mean, Schroeder. Um, he scored 30 points, even though he was like a bench player. You know, I just thought that was really cool that 
you know, he, he had the, the biggest game out of everyone pretty much, you know, and he, because everybody was sitting out, he still scored an amazing point. So I don't know. There is something about seeing okay. that one player score a lot of points. So would you rather see a player score? Now, obviously, Luca, well, he's the exception is, would you rather see a player score a lot of points like that? Or would you rather see a player get a triple double? Mm-hmm. You know, now, if it's, obviously it's Luca a, had the sixty-point triple double, which is sort of the best of both worlds. But let's yeah. say like a fifteen, ten, ten sort of stat line. Yeah, there's those low triple doubles that just are not exciting. You know, I mean, how many did Westbrook have? And nobody really considered him an MVP or anything. He he broke the record of He's how many triple doubles. Averaging a triple double, yeah, right. And it just was like, well, yeah, but it's like. Barely a triple double, and he, it looked like he was like stat hunting. You know? <laughs> Barely a triple double. So there <laughs> yeah. are players that do triple double hunt, right? And that's just sort of weird. Or you get someone like a uh, Draymond Green, you know, who he'll he'll have. I mean, normally it's like a, a double double, you know, because he has a double double, know, a hardly any double, points. Double. But what if, if he did have just like ten points and like ten rebounds and ten assists? It, there, no one would think much of it, you know. So it it is much more exciting when players score a high amount of points and. When it's a forty-point game, fifty-point game, they, it is pretty exciting to watch. You do want to go to a game and see see that in real life. Yeah. So Nikolai Jokic is sort of a weird anomaly in a lot of different ways, but he had a double double or triple double the other night. It was, I think, it was nineteen points, twelve rebounds, twelve assists. To me, that's an exciting game because he's doing everything that his team needs to win, uh, and I, I think that is exciting to see. But it's not as flashy as as the you know, fifty points or or yeah. something like that. So that's a good word. Is, yeah, flashy, right? It's not as. Flashy. I think as a, I think as a fan, you want to see those big, big nights. But I think a better basketball team is one that's more balanced and not relying, you know, on Luca scoring forty to win. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so look Luka, how big that Kobe game was. That eighty-one points. We're still talking about it. You know, I mean, that's yeah. But you're yeah. you're not you're not necessarily talking about like a big triple double that happened in the league. Lucas was pretty big, but well, Lucas I mean, was still but, but uh, exceptionally people, big, right? People would argue that Kobe's eighty-one points was more exciting to watch than Lucas' game. Yeah, well, I think that yeah, uh, Nikolai Jokic hit his eighty-fifth triple double uh, two nights ago. Actually, let's see, they wow. played tonight, Monday, so they played Sunday night. So he hit it Sunday, eighty-fifth. He moves to sixth, or well, he is sixth on the all-time list. Do you think you can name? Three of the five players ahead of him. Uh, Westbrook is on there. Westbrook um, the is other, number one. Yep. I, the other one is um, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is just below Nikolai Jokic with 78. Okay. And other than that, I don't know. So these are some familiar names. I, I'm so shocked that you didn't at least guess LeBron James. O- Oscar That's, Robinson. Oscar Robinson's on the list. LeBron James, Boom. Jason Kidd, and Magic Johnson. I should have said LeBron make James. Up that list. I, I, that's what I'm shocked about. You didn't see LeBron. Yeah. That's like the, the church answer. If you don't know, you just say Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I don't right. know. Jesus. It's just like, who holds the record for this? I don't know. LeBron. And there's a good chance he'll be right. So yeah. LeBron is chasing history because he will become the all-time leading scorer and pass Wilt Chamberlain some point this season if he stays healthy, even sooner if he continues putting up 40-plus points per game. But that'll be exciting to see when he becomes the leader there, because then it literally is like, okay, yeah, LeBron. Do you know how LeBron far away he is on that? Because I, I do want to watch that if that happens. I would. Yeah, I he was. He was three hundred something points away. Okay, so Let's not for see. a while. Okay. Just maybe like uh, five games away. February, <laughs> March, something like that. Yeah. 
February or March is, would be my guess. Let's see. He has three thirty-seven thousand nine hundred three. Again, I don't know if that includes tonight's matchup where he scored forty. Okay, so he has four hundred eighty-four points to go to catch. Kar- so I'm like, sorry, it wasn't Wilt Chamberlain. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I, I misspoke. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Wilt Chamberlain, he has a ridiculous amount of points. So when you said that, I was like, okay, that's surprising to me, but I'm going to take Jonathan's word for it because he does really good research. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I looked at this before and I thought I had it down. So right now the list is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron James, Karl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. That's your top five. What's the points for Wilt compared to the second place? What does Wilt have for first and what's well, the... Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is first. Remember, I misspoke. Oh, I, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so so what's the what's the maximum? Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Kareem Abdul Jabbar has thirty eight thousand three hundred eighty seven points. Cool. So LeBron has thirty three. Thirty seven nine zero three. Thirty seven nine zero three. Yep. Right. So I gave you the top five. Can you name three out of the five of six through ten? No. <laughs> How? Um. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Neither of them are in the top 10. Hakeem Olajuwon? I mean, they all have awards named after them. No, so. no, no. Okay, I have no clue. <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki is number six, oh, which yeah. blows my mind. Like, so we got to yeah, think of players, good, that, but I never yeah, thought... players that have been in the Wilt, league for a long time. Wilt Chamberlain, number seven. That was That's where I, I okay. misspoke. Shaquille O'Neal, number eight. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, okay. This one, this one also shocked me. Carmelo Anthony, number nine. Okay. Yeah, because he's been in the league for so long. Yeah. Did we and say Moses Kobe Bryant? Malone is number 10. Kobe Bryant is number four. Okay. Yeah. So I did when I read the top five. Gotcha. Sorry, I missed that. Abdul Jabbar, LeBron James, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Those are your top five. Not a bad list of players. Right. But Very somebody cool. was saying, and I never looked it up, but like Larry Bird's numbers, Larry Bird was great for his generation, but when you look at his actual numbers, it's not. It's not nothing compared to what it today is, right? Yeah, I because see. Because the game has changed so much. Yeah, in comparison. So I've never done and actually looked at those numbers myself, but the fact that Larry Bird or Magic Johnson aren't on this list is is a little bit interesting. Well, Magic Johnson did have his, his career cut short a little bit, and Larry Bird, I don't know, yeah, he's just such an old player, you know? But then again, like Will Chamberlain and Oscar Robinson, they're on there, so yeah. I guess I mean, those, Larry were, Bird just... those were centers, right? Well, I guess Oscar yeah. Robinson wasn't a center. Larry Bird just wasn't nor, good enough. <laughs> nor is Oscar Robinson on the list, Ronnie. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, I thought I you thought never, you said yes to him. You never listen. I guess not. I'm I'm sorry. I must be really tired. No, he's when on I get the, super tired. He's on I, the, okay. he's on the uh, triple double list, but not. The oh, okay. Yeah. Points. Okay. So I just mixed it up. My bad. We got lists. We got lists all over the place, guys. If you need <laughs> a list, let us know. We'll list it out for you. Happy to do it. That is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Yep, have a good night. Thanks for listening.